Greenlight Network presents Football Time. Welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here to get back into the playoffs. The wild card round is over. The divisional round begins. And I think we got a lot, lot better matchups this week. Uh, I think we're going to be a little bit more entertained with the games this week. At least uh, sort of looking at them. It looks like they'll be a whole, whole lot more interesting, at least on paper here. Uh, really good matchups. I think we got a little bit of a dud over Wild Card Weekend, but I think this weekend will make up uh, for it for sure. What do you, what are you expecting this weekend, Achilles? I'm expecting a lot of exciting games this week. As you mentioned, last week was uh, a bit of a bummer for a couple of matchups there, but I think that even when you look at those teams that uh, got burnt, you know, blown out. I think that they could have potentially put up a good matchup. They just didn't seem to bring in that particular week. But I think this week is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I, I'm really excited pretty much for all these games. So uh, I, I can't wait to uh, dive into uh, these, uh, especially a couple of them. I'm, I'm really intrigued how these uh, matchups play out in this uh uh, weekend of playoffs it, it's just it has me pumped because I like matchups where you know uh, one team does one thing well another team does another thing well and you just whose will is gonna play out whose game plan is gonna play out and whose little wrinkle uh, is going to have something that sort of puts you over the top or uh, whose poor officiating crew uh, uh, comes over and screws us over uh, in those. We don't want that. That's what we don't want. <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll get that. I know Jerome Booger is not on one of these uh, crews, so at least we won't get phantom holding uh, penalties and uh, random blown whistles in the middle of uh, key uh, drives uh, sitting there in the red zone. Uh, coaching decisions, uh, I'm sure there'll be some poor ones that uh, we get to hammer up on uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday when we uh, do our uh, review show. But uh, let's dive into it. Let's dive into the first game. Uh, we'll go to the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. 47 and a half is the total on this one. Uh, two and a half uh, on the spread. And uh, the first half total is 23. So uh, uh, about a point difference on that first half uh, spread there. Three and a half, two and a half. It does go under a key number. I think we'll go through these like we did last week. Give uh, just a pick on every game, and then at the end, we'll just sort of have our best bets that we're probably going to put a little bit of wagering on. But uh, this one's an interesting one because Tennessee's had the week off. Uh, Derrick Henry has been floated that he's playing the spread. Uh, seems to sort of uh, be in line uh, where he might not be playing. He technically has not been activated. He has uh, been practicing. So I I'm curious how much Derrick Henry uh, we're going to get. I I'm curious what the week off will do to the Tennessee Titans. And I'm curious how the Bengals will handle uh, sort of a uh, next round of playoff pressure here. So what do you make of this game here? Bengals versus Titans. Listen, I think this game has the potential to be actually one of the better matchups of the week, believe it or not. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've got the uh, number one overall seat in the Tennessee Titans going up against a pretty hot Bengals team that has played pretty well as late, you know, except for that last week when they pretty much took it as a bye week and benched all of their stars. Uh, but, you know, uh, Cincinnati's coming off of a big win versus the Raiders. 
uh, in which they were advanced, uh, they were able to advance off the wild card round. But now they're going up against a much tougher team, in my opinion, uh, and not just a much tougher team, but also a well-rested team um, and a team that's probably going to get Derrick Henry back. Now, to what extent uh, are we getting Henry back? I'm not certain. I don't think there's any way that he's going to be close to 100%. But I think that the thinking in uh, Tennessee is that if we can somehow get 80% or 75% of uh, Derrick Henry, it's still much better than 100% of everything else we've had. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this because uh, this is one of those where uh, the Bengals come in sort of hot, full of confidence, uh, riding high as they close out the season really, really well. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they'd want a week off. If you ask them, do they want a week off? I think this is one of those uh, times when the Bengals would be like, no, we want to keep playing. Let's ride this momentum. We're in a good rhythm. We're in a good flow. And Tennessee, they probably needed the week off, but I, I'm wondering if there's going to be a little rust uh, to start out the game here. Uh, really, they after the uh, you know I, I think week 17, they were pretty much uh, locked in there, so they haven't had a lot to play for. Uh, sometimes that's a, a benefit. Sometimes it's a hindrance where you sort of uh, lose your rhythm. I think we saw it last year in the uh, Rams Green Bay game uh, when Green Bay. Uh, sort of took a quarter and a half before they really, really got started in that one. And uh, maybe that comes into play here. What I'm most interested about in this game is sort of the the Tennessee Titans pass rush uh, versus Cincinnati Bengals passing game. You saw last week they played a, a heavy pass rushing team in the Raiders. Uh, they were able to sort of bypass it. There was pressure there. There's always going to be pressure with a poor offensive line. But, I, I mean, Burrow got back, drop back, quick out, quick passes to Higgins and Chase and Boyd. Uh, the ball did not hold in his hand, and they made plays. And I'm curious if they come in with the same sort of game plan here versus the Titans, whose uh, front seven has been really, really good, very, very much improved uh, on the season. But uh, the secondary, I think, still leaves a little bit to be desired. Can they gain a little bit of an advantage there? And then I, I, I cross things over. What is the Cincinnati Bengals uh, defense going to do? It's To start the season, it was really, really solid. Uh, but I, I think sort of week by week, week by week, it, it's, it's sort of fallen off a little bit at a time. Uh, they seem to be one of those bend but don't break. They give up yards. They sort of... Uh, Locked down there, down at the goal line. Uh, Tennessee, one of the better, uh, you know, red zone team. How does that matchup play out? And uh, uh, good news that Trey Hendrickson will be back for the Bengals uh, this week after going out uh, with a concussion uh, versus the uh, Raiders last week. But uh, I'm curious, do you see any advantage on either side of uh, matchup-wise on the Titans and the Bengals? Definitely. You know, you pretty much uh, stole all my notes there. Uh, you know, I had the same points that you did. The Cincinnati defense to start off the season was probably one of the better defenses in the league. And as the weeks progressed, they slowly, slowly got a little bit worse. Uh, a lot of it had to do with wear and tear. Some of it had to do with, uh, uh, you know, injuries. And then also teams figuring out the type of schemes that they were running. Um, now, this, this Tennessee team, on the other hand, has actually, in my opinion, gotten better not that they're great by any means they still have you know plenty of uh, of weaknesses in that defense but I think overall especially compared to last season and what we remember from them 
it's a much better, much improved defense. Um, very opportunistic. They take advantage of uh, turnovers. And as you mentioned, they're not a lockdown defense, just like the Bengals. I think both defenses are pretty much on par. But if I had to take one, especially just how they play towards the end of the season, I would say that I think the Tennessee Titans have the edge on defense in this matchup. Um, we switch it over to offense now. And you, you have to like what the Bengals have here. You know, they have a bunch of young wide receivers. Uh, you know, Mixon is playing really well from that backfield. And they seem to gel together really well. There's good chemistry going on there. But you're also going up against a, a pretty good offense uh, in the Titans. Now, we didn't get what people expected they were going to get from Julio Jones. I believe he got one touchdown on the year. Um, and that was pretty late on in the season. Now, a lot of that has to do with injuries and whatnot, things of that sort. How how much of Derrick Henry are we going to see in this game? I don't know. Uh, but again, I go back to the way they, they've been playing as of late now. You know, the media, everything I hear right now on sports radio and, and uh, you know, NFL TV and all that is the Bengals uh, are an underdog here, but a lot of people like the Bengals. And, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that we really haven't seen the Titans play. Obviously, they had the, the week off, uh, part of the benefit of getting that first uh, first uh, number one seed. But they also didn't play anybody really tough towards the end of the year. And I think that's probably in the back of everybody's minds that we haven't really seen them compete. Uh, but this Tennessee team's still good. There's a reason why they're the number one seed overall, uh, especially when you look at teams like the Bills and the Chiefs who are still in these playoffs, and we consider them to be really good teams. So there's something to be said there. Um, I believe it was Dynamite who sent me a stat uh, regarding the running backs for Tennessee. This is prior to Derrick Henry coming back. The, the Titans became a more run-oriented offense as the season progressed after Henry got hurt, um, and the production was still there. I think the biggest difference with Henry compared to the other running backs, even though you get the same type of production overall, is that Derrick doesn't need as many carries as those two other guys needed. And not just that, but he's a home run hitter. He's the kind of guy that can completely impact the game on one single run. Uh, and I think that's the difference that he brings in, which is why uh, Tennessee fans are really excited to get him back. But there's definitely advantages for both teams on, on both sides of the ball, but there's also weaknesses there. And I think that they're definitely exploitable. Uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting game and I'm really uh looking forward to watching this game yeah definitely so and uh if i was having fun with the dynamite uh when he showed you said stat i'd mentioned yeah they started running more because they uh watched ryan Tannehill try to take over games for a couple weeks there and uh watched him throw three interceptions a game so uh i i can always have a little fun uh trolling the dynamite here I, what i'm really interested on a uh, couple things here is uh how Cincinnati's going to come out and play. Are, are they going to try to sort of keep this game close and pound the rock? I think they can run the ball a little bit with Mixon uh, back there. Or are they going to go, you know, uh, we're, we're here. We have no fear uh, because we've won our first playoff game in 30-plus uh, uh, years, and we're going to go out winging it and, and see if we can get this uh, game sort of into a, a shootout and, and a big play contest. So I'm curious to see how that matchup plays out and then i i'm a little curious i have in my head you know uh narrative why wise how this plays out where the uh you know the 
up-and-coming Bengals, uh, you know, get the big upset over Tennessee. We all get into the mindset of, can they do it? Can they make the Super Bowl? They're a year too early, you know, and uh, they play a, a tough game versus Buffalo or Kansas City lose. Uh, we have our show planned out for a preview show all next year. Everybody is piling on the Bengals and how great they're going to be, and then they uh, pull the Cleveland Browns and win seven games uh, the next year, you know. So that narrative is is really sticking in my head. I can already see Stephen A. Smith uh, screaming uh, in July on first take about how uh, the Bengals uh, could possibly have an undefeated season after making their, you know, uh, conference championship run in, in year two, you know. Uh, a little bit like the Jets did, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, granted, I... I I think Mark Sanchez and uh, Joe Burrow, totally different quarterbacks, but uh, the Jets did make two conference championship games in that window there. How? I don't know, but uh, they did. And then uh, this Tennessee Titans team, uh, you know, a couple years ago where they were this sort of uh, young upstart to uh, beat the Patriots and then got out to a big lead versus the Chiefs and then uh, sort of melted down there and uh, and didn't take care of business and ended up losing out. And uh, granted, they've stayed a top team, but uh, I do, that narrative sticks in my head. I know that's stupid. You, you can't play out uh, storyline narratives, but it, it does seem like that's something that would come full circle there. But really what I'm interested in is how the Bengals play this. Do they tighten in, get conservative, try to run the ball with Mixon, see if they can make this game close until the fourth quarter, or do they just come out no fear, start winging the ball with, uh, you know, Chase Higgins and see if they can get some explosive plays and get this into a, you know, a high scoring type game. Well, see, I think that's the biggest concern coming into this game. If you're a Bengals fan is how is this offense going to approach this game? Uh, you would think that, you know, after that uh, big confidence boost that they got last week, uh, winning that divisional matchup against the Raiders, that they'd probably come out really aggressive. But I think when you look at this Tennessee defense throughout the season, uh, in this past season, they struggled uh, defending the run. I believe they were in the bottom half of the league. Uh, I, I believe they're close to the bottom uh, of the pack uh, when it came to run defense. Uh, where, where they tend to really shine is where they struggled last year, which was their pass defense. That's where they were, uh, you know, just about middle of the pack. Um, that's where they're susceptible. But, but realistically, I think that this year, the way they've improved their pass defense, Cincinnati has to come out and, and implement uh, the run. Not only is that going to help them, you know, take some of the pressure off the pass rush, which is going to be a big issue for them with the offensive line they have. Um, it's also going to open up the, the passing game uh, to kind of, you know, at least to mix it up a little bit and stay balanced. I, I think that they have to get really run heavy, control the clock. Um, and when Burrow needs to, he needs to complete quick passes. You can't, you know, drop back and hold the ball back there for five seconds because this Tennessee pass rush will get to you. Um, and they've been doing it pretty much all season long. You know, maybe the, the statistics aren't quite there, but they have been pressuring the quarterback. And that's one of the reasons why that secondary has been successful this year, because they pressure the quarterback and they cause uh, problems and, and they end up getting turnovers out of it. So I think that the Bengals would be best served to come out balance a little run heavier than normal uh, and then implement the, the passing game off of the run game, um, not the other way around. But again, I don't know how they're going to come out because it's a very young team. You heard sure, uh, Joe Burrow in his uh, post-game conference. He considers this to be the new norm. The Bengals in the playoffs and winning playoff games 
to him, this is a new norm, which if you're a fan, you want to see that. You want to see that confidence in your leader. But, you know, he's a very young guy. That team is young. And sometimes that comes back and it bites you in the behind. I hope that's not the case for him, but it very well could be. Uh, he's got to come out and be conservative and manage the game properly. This is a playoff game. This isn't a regular season game. Yeah. Uh, weather probably won't play a factor here. Uh, it's going to be about 38, 40 degrees, clear skies in Nashville. So uh, nothing either of these teams uh, really wouldn't be all, all that uh, non-used to. Uh, just an interesting matchup overall. I, I, I'm curious to see how uh, this kicks us off into the playoffs. Uh, you got a pick on this one? Yeah, I you know, all week long, like I said, uh, I was really on the Bengals. I, I like what they had, and, and I like the weapons that they have. And the, their ability to mix, you know, with Mixon in the backfield to really implement the run, I thought was probably was what was going to give them the edge. Um, and I kind of saw them playing out the way that I'm advising them to play it out. Um, I, I saw them coming out really run heavy and using the pass as a secondary way to attack that defense. But as the week has progressed, and I keep thinking about this Titans team and how opportunistic that defense was and how that offense was able to continue winning games regardless of who they were playing or who uh, was available to them. So I think I'm going to go with the number one seed here and I'm going to take the Titans here. Yeah, uh, I, I I have a bunch of best bets on this game, so uh, I won't give you every one of them. I'll, I'll just give you the Cincinnati Bengals uh, plus three and a half. I think this is going to be a tight game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, I'll get into that in uh, to some of our futures bets uh, as well towards the end because uh, I, I think the Bengals maybe uh, jump out here. I. If you remember that Seahawks game, uh, I, I think it was week two, week three, uh, where the Seahawks sort of jumped out on Tennessee uh, and uh, scored a bunch of points. And then in the uh, you know second half, Derrick Henry in the running game sort of wore them down. They came back. I think that game's going to play out similar here where the Bengals are going to have a lot of energy, a lot of confidence, able to jump out. And then in the second half, the Titans sort of wear them down, start getting big chunk plays uh, on the ground, and, and the Bengals sort of, um, you know, lose confidence and don't know how to close this game out with their inexperience. So I'm going Bengals plus the three and a half. As long as it stays uh, on that three and a half number, I, I think that's a pretty solid bet uh, for this to be a field goal game. Not only that, uh, Tennessee uh, tends to like to play uh, a little bit of a barn burner type game, and uh, so does Cincinnati uh, if you watched uh, last week's game. So uh, we'll move on to the next game. I think, personally, this is going to be the biggest lopsided game uh, on the card. Uh, Spread-wise, it would say that as well, but uh, a lot of people are still frisky uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm frisky not, for the Frisco? Yeah, frisky for the Frisco here. I'm not one of them. Uh, I, I got my money last week on San Francisco 49ers, and, and I'm sort of cashing out uh, on them. I, I think they've reached their sort of peak here, but the Green Bay's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. 47-and-a-half is a total uh, for the game. Three-and-a-half on the first half line, 23-and-a-half on the first half total on this. Uh, I, I know people are, are going... This is a bad matchup for Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. You know, they've lost like four straight playoff, uh, you know, games to them. Uh, granted, they start bringing up stuff when, like said, Colin Kaepernick and uh, Alex Smith were being quarterbacks uh, to them. 
I'm not sure how much that factors other than Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback. Uh, Mike McCarthy is screwing somebody else over uh, <laughs> against the San Francisco 49ers in this. And uh, I don't know how much that plays. I look at these teams and I just think the Packers are better. I think this is one where the Packers benefited off the bye. A lot of their defensive guys got healthy. Gives Aaron Rodgers uh, essentially two weeks uh, rest. He played the first half of that Week 18 game. Uh, gets By the Devontae, way, I called that. Yes. Gets Devontae Adams a little healthier. Uh, gets the running backs a, a little healthier. And I just think the Green Bay Packers are a better team than San Francisco 49ers. Uh, basically, last week, the 49ers won the game because uh, Debo Samuel is a ridiculous football player and uh, single-handedly caused about two or three scoring drives in this one. But I think the Green Bay Packers are just a better team and going to roll in this game. I'm curious how you see this because we've both been sort of hot and cold on the Niners. We see the skill guys they have, but team-wise, it just seems like they don't ever want to really pull away. And I, if I think if they pull that, you know, we might uh, gain some yards, but we aren't going to pull away. Uh, Green Bay will just sort of uh, knock them down and put them out for the count. So how do you see this game playing out? Listen, I'm on the same boat as you. I do think that the Green Bay Packers are a much better team than the 49ers. Uh, although, if we were to break it down individually, I think this 49ers team is actually stacked. I think they have uh, more depth at you know the skill positions. Uh, I think that they have a better all-around uh, player nucleus. But when it comes to actually playing football, I think that this Green Bay team is probably the best uh, we currently have of all the teams that are left. Um, now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers on that team. So obviously, you know, you're going to favor them a little bit. But listen, if the 49ers want to get in this game, there's a couple of things they have to do. One, they have to play solid defense, which they're capable of. And we know that they are. Uh, the issue now arises, is Bosa going to be uh, back? And if he is, is he going to be 100%? He's going to have any lingering uh, side effects after that concussion, which knocked him out of the game. You saw when he was out of that game, that game completely flipped around and the Cowboys started making a comeback. Uh, because he is a very impactful player. That's how important he is to that team. And you got to keep the ball out of Jimmy G's hands. I know that he's their guy right now, um, and they've got full confidence in him, at least as this season is concerned. But I don't think that you can depend on him. We saw last week versus the Cowboys. He he's started the making the mistakes. Cowboys got back in the game. Exactly. You know, they were dominating that game as long as they kept playing solid defense and a good running game. And that's what the 49ers are, are built to do. That's that's what they are. They're a physical team that's going to pound the rock and uh, and stop you from scoring points. So um, if they can do that, they'll stay in this game. And, and I think they can. I think they're going to show up, and I think that they're going to do enough to stay uh, within this game. But ultimately, I just think that the, the Packers play much better as a team, and they got Aaron Rodgers in the backfield. So that, uh, you know, it's – it's obviously a huge boost. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Packers in this one. Um, although, although I do think that it's going to be a little tighter than, than people anticipate. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I, I am, I'm thinking the weather plays a factor here. It's going to be nine degrees in green Bay. Uh, you take San Francisco who played last week in Dallas, uh, goes back to San Francisco, then flies over to Green Bay. Uh, that's a pretty hard travel schedule and uh, quite, you know, it, it's basically three different, uh, you know, temperature molds. You got Dallas, uh, which is, you know, pretty warm. You go to San Francisco, which uh, I'm not going to say is warm. Uh, I, I go mild, you know, 
uh, mid 40s. It can get pretty cool down there. Mid 40s, 50s, uh, you know, cold for us Southern people, I'd say. Uh, And then, you know, you go to Green Bay where uh, life shouldn't even really exist uh, in the world. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I think that'll play a little bit of a factor. I'm curious uh, just how this game's going to play out because. A part of me thinks the Packers are just going to do their thing where they jump on them early, get up big, and sort of close up shop. And then I could see sort of the other thing. I mentioned the Packers off the buys uh, last year getting off to that slow start, and it sort of plays out that way where uh, Packers get off to a bit of a slow start. Maybe the Niners have a handful of scripted plays early, uh, get up, and then the Niners do their you know sort of thing where uh, – Whoops, we can't close out this game. Aaron Rodgers leads a couple drives in that fourth quarter, and then they put it away there. Uh, Those are the only things I'm sort of thinking. Uh, Both things uh, sort of lead me to Green Bay wins the game. I just don't know if it'll be the way the Packers have played most of the regular season where they just jump out on you and sort of salt the game away, or they sort of start slow and then uh, make that uh, comeback and, and sort of put them away late in that fourth quarter. I will say this, and it's probably not a popular opinion, but if the weather's really bad, this this uh, Packer team is uh, basically been middle of the pack, no pun intended, uh, when it comes to rush defense. And the 49er team, if there's one thing that we know they do great, it's run the ball. Uh, they're a very physical team. So if we get really bad weather, um, I know that this Niner team is not accustomed to playing in bad weather, but it, it, it's it's the NFL, you know, it's a one, it's a one week thing. If they can get through it, they'll be fine the following week. But if they can, if they can turn this into a very ugly, gritty rushing type of attack, I think the 49ers actually have the edge. So I still wouldn't count on Aaron Rodgers even in bad weather because he's accustomed to playing in bad weather. You know, he's uh, spent his whole career there in Lambeau and Lambeau is not known for having uh let's say super nice weather when it comes to playoff time. Uh, so I will say that if it plays out that way, I do give the Niners a you know a shot to possibly come out as a, with an upset win, but it's hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, the other thing you know uh, on the injury front, uh, Whitney Merciless has been back to practice. It's they haven't activated him, uh, but he he's good enough to play you know a handful of snaps. I I think that really really helps their uh, rush defense in that midseason uh, when they had Whitney and a couple of their other guys. You know, that's when their defense really, really uh, looked really solid. It sort of tailed off to the ends. His injuries uh, built up. Uh, But a couple of those guys are coming back. I don't know if Merciless is officially coming back, but he was at practice last week during the bye week. He, He sort of picked up the reps here. Uh, how much can he play? That That's also, you know, you never know. So, uh, But if he can get back there, I, I do think that'll help their run defense a, a little bit as well and let those two uh, edge rushers get off and uh, sort of pressure uh, Jimmy G into, uh, you just know there are a couple mistakes always coming uh, in a Jimmy G game. All right, uh, do you have a pick for this one? Yeah, you know, like I said, I, I could definitely see so many different scenarios where the 49ers uh, come into Lambo and, and pull the the upset. And again, not a very popular opinion, but I think out of all the teams left in the NFC, the best team that with the shot to beat the, the Packers is this 49er team, uh, just because of how physical they can be. Um, if they stray away from that and put the ball and put too much on Jimmy G, then I think this this turns around and it's an easy win for the Packers. But uh, 
I would I can't foresee that happening. So I'm gonna say the Packers pull off the win here in a close one. Yeah, uh, I have the Packers in a, a couple different uh, best bets, but not as much as I have uh, Cincinnati in there. But uh, I, I do have Packers minus five and a half uh, on the spread here. I, I think this will uh, be uh, probably the one blowout of, of the four games we have. Uh, we'll move to Sunday here, and uh, this one's a fun one. I, I think this is... Probably the one I'm most intrigued with. I'm intrigued with Buffalo, Kansas City as well, uh, just because I just I wonder if we're going to get both teams just starting to launch, uh, you know, long balls uh, because uh, teams have been playing them not to play deep and they both want to show out here on the offensive side of things. Uh, But this one I'm really, really intrigued by, um, mostly because I think the last two years we've talked about it. I think the Rams match up really, really well versus Tampa Bay. They can get that front four pass rush. That is what bothers Brady. You can drop enough guys in coverage uh, to where when he does his checkdowns and his underneath stuff, you let him catch it, you make that tackle. Essentially, that's been their defense for two-thirds of the season, except when they uh, decide to get aggressive and actually make defensive plays. Uh, but and, and then you flip things onto the offensive side of things, and this is where, uh, you know, I... I it gets a little tricky because uh, basically all of last year and the first half of this year, they, they've sort of been a wing it, uh, you know, kind of team. Lots of passes break down this secondary, and that's why I thought they matched up well versus Tampa Bay here. Uh, but their success this year has come when they've been able to pound the ball, run the ball, do a little play action, you know, sort of old school, uh, early McVay Rams style where it's basically a lot of play action, a lot of under center. Uh, I thought, you know, last week's game versus Arizona, say what you will about uh, Arizona forgetting there was a playoff game, uh, but I thought that was sort of the perfect game plan. You know, pound the ball, play action off Matt Stafford. Uh, Cooper Cup was getting doubled. You have Odell Beckham, you know, getting one-on-one coverage versus bad cornerbacks, and you take advantage of that. But then you got the other side of the matchup here. You got the Tampa Bay run defense. Probably the best thing they do, uh, especially now that, you know, White and uh, Levante David are healthy. Man in that middle, uh, Vita Vea last week was just basically living in the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. So it's really tricky for me how this game plays out because it's just so interesting. Do the Rams go back? To, to the style that's been successful versus these Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, They're 2-0 and versus them. Granted, regular season games, uh, but they beat them up pretty good in both those games. Or do they go to their style where they're trying to pound the run, sort of playing in the Tampa Bay Bucks' defensive hands and really try to just grind this game and make it a close game? So I, I'm just... I'm really curious how this game plays out. It's probably the one I'm most intrigued with because uh, I, I think I've been staring at this for two years for the Rams to get in the playoffs and play the Bucks so I could put a big bet on it. And now sort of their offensive philosophy has changed a little bit. And now I'm getting a little scared that their offensive philosophy sort of plays right into the Tampa Bay Bucks' hands here. So the spread is three in this game, 48.5 on the total, 2.5 on the uh, first half line, 23 and a half on the total so as a Rams fan how are you looking at this game here uh it, it's just really sort of a a mind cramp on how this thing goes 
Yeah, listen, obviously, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Ram fan, and obviously this is the game that I'm most excited about because it has the biggest uh, implications uh, for me personally, at least. Uh, but listen, you said it. This Ram team pretty much all season long was past first team, and they they were uh, run, running the ball was secondary to them. And they had some success, but we've seen them have they the most success, success this year. Tampa team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, this is a different Tampa team. You know, the, the defense is banged up, so they've got different pieces there. Not necessarily that they're worse by any means, but, you know, I wouldn't say that they're better than they were. But this is the thing. You have Tom Brady on the other side, okay? So these are a couple of concerns that I have. One, my biggest concern is they go back to a passing first attack, which ideally on paper you would think this is probably what they should do just based off how banged up that secondary for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is. But I still think this is playoff football. And the way you win playoff football is by being balanced, uh, you know, and playing solid defense. One, I think that defense, I'm not too concerned about the defense. I think that if they can get pressure with, you know, just rushing four guys, they'll have some success. But this is the thing. You're going up against Tom Brady. Even if you have success, he's still going to gouge you here and there. That's just what he does. Probably one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. You know, um, I think he said they did an interview with him last week, um, and he talked about how he knows what he's going to do before he even snaps the ball. He's already got it played out in his head. And that's just, it goes to show the the uh, the work ethic and not just that, but the football IQ that this guy possesses. So one of the reasons why he's been playing the league so long. Um, Tampa Bay does a pretty good job at protecting him, but they do struggle against teams that have really good pass rush, which is something the Rams tend to do. They get after the quarterback, especially with uh, Aaron Donald down the middle. Um, he wrecks havoc just about everywhere. The issue is that if you need to rush more than four, you're going to leave too many openings for Tom Brady and nobody gets rid of the ball faster than Tom Brady. So he, he will eat, eat you up. He will eat you alive. He'll dink and dunk all day long and, and get to the end zone that way. That's just the way he'll do it. That's just how good he is. So you can't rush more than four guys every single time. You have to be able to get pressure with just four guys. And when you're on offense, even though Tampa Bay defense has basically made their name off of stopping the run, you can't be shy about it. You have to pound the rock. Cam Akers looked really good last week. He looked really aggressive. He was running with the purpose. And that's what we're going to need in this, in this matchup. We're going to need him to pound the rock. And not just him, but also Sony Michelle. And if Henderson gets in there too, Henderson, uh, you know, we saw um, we saw Funk get in there last week also for a couple of snaps. All these guys have to come out and run really aggressively. Uh, you do have to make sure that you're keeping an eye where V is because uh, he's a beast, man. And uh, you're going to have to make sure that you keep your block on him because if not, he's going to wreck havoc himself. So I got the Rams winning in this one, but that should come as no shock for anyone uh, because I'm a big Ram fan. But uh, as you mentioned it, I think that styles make football games. And I think the Rams have the right type of style to affect not just, uh, you know, this, this good Tampa Bay defense, but also a banged up Tampa Bay defense. So uh, I think if you had a shot at really beating Brady in the playoffs, this is probably your best shot. Yeah, uh, so you're leaning towards try to run this uh, ball a little bit, see if you can hit him on that play action uh, on a couple plays with Odell. I I'm assuming, you know, uh, much like last week, you know, Cup's going to be double, triple teamed. It's going to be pretty hard, you know, to really get him, and you'll probably have to force the ball into him unless you can find little uh, spots where you can hide him and, and get him matched up. But I I'm assuming much like Arizona last week, Cup covered, Beckham will probably get the one-on-ones here. Uh, and that's where I, I want to... If you're going to play the run style, I, I mean, you're 
pretty much conceding that this will probably be a close game. Uh, granted, maybe they come out like Arizona and Tom Brady is throwing passes out of the end zone on his backside five yards straight up in the air. I don't know. Seems unlikely. But you go to that run style, which I think they can be successful with, especially hitting them on that play action. You're, you're probably sort of shrinking this game and going to make it tight and close. So under four minutes, how much confidence do you have that the Rams can sort of make that drive uh, to get the points to win this game and keep Tampa Bay sort of out of that end zone? Because I, I think... That's probably Brady's best skill as a quarterback is always being in the game. And then on that last drive, he's able to find the plays and make the plays. Uh, so if this game is one of those tight games, which, you know, I, I think it's probably going to be, uh, unless they come out, fly around and throw the football all over the place and it's successful, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like a sound strategy. It worked, you know, in week three or four. It worked last year with Jared Goff. Uh, playoffs is a different animal. But how confident you in, you know, last four minutes? You can get the score. You can keep Tampa from getting the score. I'll say that I'm confident, but I'm also trying to be realistic. You saw uh, Matthew Stafford struggle over this, basically over the last, what, four or five weeks of the season uh, where he had multiple turnovers in multiple games. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they just could not implement the run. And it was basically put on his shoulders. Now, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. You look at the numbers. I know that people like to, you know, uh, throw dirt on him because he didn't finish the season strong. But you look at the numbers he had for the season, and he had a really good season. As far as Cup's concerned, you saw last week he was being doubled. Go back and look at the numbers of that game. He still put up pretty good numbers for a wide receiver was getting doubled basically all game long. Uh, but we, as much as I miss having Robert Woods, we got so lucky that we traded for Odell or that we picked up Odell Beckham um, right at the opportune time because he's a lot more familiar with the system that we have in place. You, you know, the six touchdowns that he scored so far uh, basically tells you the whole story. He, he's been a, a serious weapon for this Rams team, and he's also been a we, not me, player so far uh, in a Rams uniform, which is huge. So I think that if it comes down to the last four minutes, Rams have the ball. I'm confident because of those weapons on the outside. Uh, not just that, but you also have Higby, uh, who provides a, a big a big weapon for uh, Matthew Stafford down the middle. So I'm confident, especially because Brady doesn't play defense. If Brady was a defensive player, then uh, maybe he'd be seeing a different tune here. I'm more confident in the offense having an opportunity to win the game uh, with four minutes left on the clock than I would be in the defense stopping the Bucks as uh, Tom Brady's trying to uh, get the game-winning drive. Yeah, I, I think uh, coaching and clock management probably be really, really important in this game. Uh, you know, Bruce Arians has always been a little iffy on that. Uh, Sean McVay, uh, he's good at times, uh, but he can also get a little wacky. Uh, I, I think a little bit of that is just, uh, you know, is just sort of personality and cocky arrogance that he, he sort of rolls around with him. But uh, uh, management-wise, I, I think McVay's definitely probably an upgrade over Bruce Arians. But uh, you also sort of have to factor uh, Tom Brady in there, who probably is more uh, uh, of the coach, certainly on the offensive side of things, uh, than Bruce Arians. So uh, just a, a really intriguing game. I'm really, really uh, interested to see how these teams come out 
how this game plays out uh, and who ends up coming out of here uh, the winner. Because I think the Rams probably are the better team here. Uh, I, it's just sort of overcoming that hurdle of uh, Tom Brady and, uh, you know, the mystique uh, there. So what do you got on a pick on this one? Uh, I'm actually going to take the Rams on this one. At, I believe it's uh, plus three. Yeah. I'm going to take the Rams with the points. I think that even if they somehow end up losing the game, which I don't see it happening, but if they somehow end up losing that game, I think that's going to be a really tight game just because of the way that they're going to play this game out, at least uh, the way it's playing out in my head. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a lot of uh, best bets on this one as well. Uh, I got a loaded list this week, so uh, Listen, be prepared. Just, just so you know, the pressure's on you because I've got my notepad right here and I'm ready for your best bets. I, I may have to jump on a few of these because uh, – as far as best bets go, I think I've got probably one or two. So I hope you got a couple pencils. So uh, uh, when it's a light slate, I can do my research early enough where I only have to go through four games and not 16. So uh, it makes for much easier uh, sorting through the betting odds there. So, uh, yeah, I got Rams plus three as well on this one. All right, next up, the last one of the week, the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Sunday is going to be one hell uh, of a playoff day because uh, I'm really interested in Rams Bucks and I think that's going to be the best game of the weekend. But uh, this one is highly, highly intriguing as well. I, I think probably the best two AFC teams over the last two years, easily the best two offensive teams, probably, uh, you know, in football right now and uh, maybe the two best quarterbacks uh, in football right now. So, uh, just interesting, both coming off blowout wins uh, versus teams who might not have prolonged in the playoffs. Pat's probably a little more so than the Steelers, but nonetheless, sort of a warm-up game to get to this one. And uh, it, it just interesting overall. Kansas City, one-and-a-half-point favorites here, 53-and-a-half on the total uh, half point on the uh, first half line to Kansas City and 27 on the first half total. Uh, so uh, what sort of defensive game do you think this one will turn out to be? You know, I think that everybody is anticipating somewhat of a offensive explosion in this game. And I wouldn't be completely shocked if that were the case, but I think we all have well, to take a step be back because uh, my best bets might have a lot to do with the uh, juicing overs uh, to very high numbers and getting good odds. Now, listen, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happens when you look at both of these teams, uh, look at their quarterbacks and the weapons that they have to play with. Uh, these are very offensively stacked teams, but we, if I take a step back here and just kind of, you know, look at it from a different angle, you're talking about, you know, the Buffalo Bills who had one of the better defenses pretty much all year long. Uh, and then you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs who had an improved defense in the second half of the season. So don't be shocked if somehow this game turns into a defensive struggle. Uh, I don't know what the weather conditions look like for this matchup, but just the game itself, I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. And, and as, as I said, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a lot of defense here, but I'm expecting a lot of offense. And Offense always makes for a very fun game, especially when your team isn't involved. Uh, so I'm looking for an offensive explosion from both teams. The question mark is who can do more against the opposing defense. And I think that's where uh, the questions come into play. Yeah. Uh, your friendly weatherman here, 30 degrees uh, 
uh, a few clouds. So uh, I don't think anything too bad, especially for Buffalo or Kansas City this time of year. So I, I don't think weather will play much of a factor in really any of these uh, games uh, whatsoever. Uh other than maybe Green Bay, uh, which will be extremely cold. Not a ton of wind, so, you know, that sort of mitigates it, uh, at least probably for some people. Uh, not for me. Uh, when it drops under about 70, I start complaining. Uh, but nonetheless. Oh, I remember. I, I invited you to that Vols game. Uh, I, I remember that it was, I believe, like 41 degrees at kickoff. By the time we got to the second half, it was down to below 30. So uh, you were not there, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Uh, I remember pictures of you bundled up like a psycho in that game because... Uh, and it still wasn't enough. And it still wasn't enough. 100,000 people also ruminating body heat and not enough to uh, sit through that. But yeah, uh, this is just interesting. It's, I'm curious which defense can get you know, a, a couple big plays. I don't know who's going to get stops, but uh, both Allen Mahomes, really, really good quarterbacks, but I, I think you'd say also risk takers. Uh, they'll, you know, hang it out there. Uh, Allen will hold that ball in the pocket and try to shed, you know, as many people as he can uh, to try to let his receivers get downfield and try to make a play that sometimes leads to fumbles. Mahomes has uh, been much more aggressive uh, in forcing balls this season than we've seen uh, the last couple of years, which has led to a handful of, uh, you know, uh, more interceptions. So I think that probably comes into play. I don't know if I trust anybody uh, who would get up in this game uh, because I think both teams just have, you know, an ability to come back and come back quick in this game. The, the thing i probably most interested in is which one of these teams gets their run game going. Uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon uh, ha has been a nice little revelation for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, probably coming back uh, this week. Also, uh, Daryl Williams probably coming back this week. You've seen Singletary the last couple weeks uh, play really good football. And then you got the big horse, uh, Josh Allen, back there. And I think if you go back to watching the Bills-Chiefs game in the regular season, uh, it was one of the few games where they said, we're going to take Josh Allen and we're going to run him. And he was really, really effective versus that Chiefs defense, mostly because he's just as big as pretty much everybody on that Chiefs defense. So I think the biggest factor in this is which team can get the running game go going to sort of keep the ball out of the other team's offensive hands. And I sort of like the way the Bills have done that the last uh, handful of weeks. And the Chiefs, though they're getting some running backs back, I wonder if it's going to be a little bit of guys banged up and can Jarek McKinnon, uh, you know, keep this up and play. So I'm really curious in that aspect sort of uh, of how this game plays out. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. You know, this is probably the game that I had the toughest uh as far as picking a winner, you know, because I really like what the Chiefs have done this year. And, you know, they have a much improved defense uh, towards that second half of the season. Um, but this Bills team, even though they've had their ups and downs, they've been pretty consistent throughout the entire year, um, at least defensively. The offense has been kind of sputtering. It, it really depends on the running. Of the they game. scored nine and, points and, once versus the uh, Jaguars. 
Yeah, I, I remember that game because uh, I think I had big money on the Bills to win that game. So they didn't they cost me a parlay. First, the Patriots, but one game they scored nine versus the Jags. Yeah, I guess the Jaguars out of all teams. But uh, listen, I think that this game obviously has the the um, it has the makings of, of a of an offense ex- explosion here. But I think that the winner of this matchup is going to be who can implement the run a lot better. Uh, we've seen. Buffalo kind of have success, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kansas City had a pretty good, pretty good week last week uh, as far as running the ball was concerned, and they did it against a Pittsburgh team that, at times, was actually shut down defense when it came to the running attack. So I think I was a little more impressed with the way they ran the ball. Um, not to say that the that the uh, Patriots are slouches on defense because that was probably their best unit all year long was their defense. And both teams had a lot of success. So it's really hard for me to, to get a feel for this one. This is one that I will say I already picked the winner in one of my parlays, but I'm not confident. I could honestly be swayed either way here. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the one where I, I, I sort of went away from making a pick because I just don't quite know. And I, I think it'll just, it'll sort of be decided by, you know, a couple probably random plays, maybe a deflection here or there, uh, and it leads to an interception, uh, you know, maybe a special teams play out of somebody here. I think there's a very good chance uh, something sort of freaky could be what turns this game in this one, but I do think it'll be really, really entertaining uh, sort of to watch these guys, see if Buffalo can maybe uh, sort of climb up that uh, throne there and uh, sit on it for a little bit as sort of the team of the AFC. Uh, they made it to the you know conference uh, finals last year uh, versus these Kansas City Chiefs. Weren't quite ready to ascend. Are they going to be ready to ascend here and sort of say, we're a power in the AFC here as well, and uh, maybe we end up getting a, a sort of a Colts-Patriots sort of maybe 10-year window here where these two teams are sort of battling it out, and the AFC runs through one of them. Uh, certainly, if both these quarterbacks stay healthy, that's uh, probably a, a high end of uh, probability there. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so uh, you got a pick on this one? I do. Um you know, all week long, and even in one of my picks, I actually have the Chiefs. But right now, just off feel alone, I'm going to roll with the Bills here. I believe the Bills are the underdogs in this one, if I'm not mistaken. The Bills are one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Oh, gosh, you can't even call that underdogs. I, I don't know. Sure, you're, you're, you're like Mark and uh, <laughs> picking his underdog at one. Yeah, I, I can't even consider – even I can't consider that an underdog. Um, so, listen, I'm just going to be like Sparky. I, I'm going to roll with the Bills. I, I, I have no real inkling as to why, but uh, I'm just going to go with my gut feeling here. Uh, even though I've got the Chiefs on one of my parlays, I'm going to roll with the Bills in this one. Yeah, I'm going with the over 53 and a half, and uh, that that's one of many that are coming in the uh, best bets that have uh, been pushed uh, so we get a, a shootout in here. So uh, I got over 53 and a half on, on a pick on this game. All right, so those are the four games on the playoff weekend. We did a little bit of futures betting and talked about it last week. 
I wasn't real aggressive and made any bets, uh, but I was aggressive this week and, and made some future bets. So uh, I know they aren't your favorite things to do. They, they scare you a little bit, a lot of money being held for numerous weeks uh, <laughs> and usually long odds. So it's not your favorite thing, but uh, I like to have a little bit of fun with my futures here. And I made a handful of futures bets this week. So uh I'm going to go Super Bowl finalist first here. And uh, I, I treated this sort of like I, I do my horse racing. Uh, if you see a, a favorite in a horse race that you really, really think can't lose, uh, the best thing sort of to do is take him to win and do a trifecta superfecta and wheel all the ho other horses in the field to finish there. And as long as your horse wins, you're usually making pretty good money here. So I, I looked at this. And I got a favorite here to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to ride the Green Bay Packers. I think Green Bay's got a pretty easy game this week that puts them in the conference finals. I think that Tampa Bay uh, Rams game might be one of those where those two teams battle and beat each other up. You've already seen Tampa Bay uh, last week start to get beat up a little bit, uh, and the Rams go in Arizona, Tampa Bay. Green Bay, I think, will be a difficult road trip. So I'm putting the Green Bay Packers and riding them, and I got Super Bowl finalist, and I got Super Bowl finalist Kansas City Chiefs plus 525, Super Bowl finalist Buffalo Bills with Green Bay at 7-1, to one, and Tennessee Titans, the two one seeds, uh, unbelievably 9-1 to one on that. So if you take all three of those, you cross off Cincinnati, uh, assuming they don't make the Super Bowl, and I think a miracle would have to happen there. So you're probably pretty safe on the AFC side of things going Tennessee, Buffalo, Kansas City. And then as long as Green Bay gets there, you're winning some money here, and uh, you take sort of uh, two points off of that. So like Kansas City, Green Bay at 5-1, to one, you take that down. Uh, lose your other two bets. That's a three to one thing. If you look at it, like uh, Green Bay is even money to get to the playoffs. So I think there's value there. Uh, Buffalo, take two away. That equals out to five to one on your odds. And then Tennessee, uh, Green Bay, if we can get that one, that's a seven to one uh, with your other two bets there. So I, I really liked uh, sort of taking Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl and, and then wheeling the finalists there. I know you're going to be a little bit against it, uh, but uh, I, I'm speaking to the better half over there. Make some sneaky bets uh, on this one and, and don't tell him and, and just cheer after you win some money. Oh, I'm sure she's going to if she hasn't already, uh, especially after she watches the show. She'd definitely jump on a few of those. Um Listen, I, I've as far as like futures go, I, I've only got a couple here that I felt confident. Obviously, between the two of us, you know who the more conservative gambler is here. Uh, but when I was looking at the odds, for example, for the AFC outright winner, which is basically the team that's going to represent the uh, Super Bowl, uh, the, their conference in the Super Bowl, um, just looking at the odds, obviously you're not going to get a lot of good odds with the, uh, the the Chiefs, who even though they're not the number one seed by a lot of people, they're considered to be the top team. They're certainly I thought the Tennessee, favorite uh, of money-wise. yeah. But I, I did think Tennessee um, did offer pretty good value, uh, especially being the no, number one seed. We know that they got rest. We know that they're getting Henry back. Um, and whether he's 100% or not, I think that just having him on the field makes defensive coordinators at least have the game plan for, you know, trying to stop him, which it's really hard to do when he's healthy. But I think Tennessee at plus 300 
it, there's some value there. Uh, and when you're talking about, you know, four teams that are left in the, uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Four teams. So there's four, there's four teams left in the AFC. I was going to say four matches. Um, there's four teams left in the AFC and two of those are going to get knocked out this week. If the Titans can somehow find a way to pull off a win against this Bengal team, that's uh, up and coming gritty, you know, team. I think they have a pretty good shot at, at going all the way, especially the way that team's built. Listen, they beat the bills this year. They beat the chiefs this year. So they got that confidence going in. So I think Tennessee plus 300 is pretty good uh, coming out of the NFC. This is where it's a little bit of a twist. The only way that I could see any value coming out of the NFC is if you think that the underdogs are going to make some noise this week, which is either the 49ers and the Rams. Um, if you take the Rams to make it to the Super Bowl, represent the NFC, uh, you're looking at plus 400 odds. Now I know that, you know, you look at the numbers and the teams that are left here, probably not the most favorable you have, but let's just say that somehow um, the 49ers managed to upset the Packers in this one. Um, even if the Rams beat the Bucks, you're looking at a matchup that the 49ers have been successful yeah. at so far this season. They beat the the, 40, the Rams twice, uh, being very, you know, out physically than basically. And the 49ers are plus 600. So it gives you a little more value. Um, if, Like I said, if somehow the underdogs happen to win this week, then I think those numbers are obviously going to go down. But I think as far as value is concerned, if you got a few extra bucks that you want to drop, you're a Ram fan, 49er fan, I think there's some value there. Yeah, uh, definitely so. Uh, you mentioned it. I, I think really the value with the Rams, uh, you know, looking at those odds, I, I think you're better off taking the money line this week uh, versus Tampa Bay because they're going to have to win that game anyway to get to the Super Bowl. And, and then if you look at it, they're probably four to six-point underdogs in Green Bay, and you're getting probably two-to-one odds there. So basically you, you have a better chance of going – money line, money line in these two weeks if you think the Rams are going to continue uh, than if, you know, you just make one wager at 425. And then, of course, you're going to be suckered into making game day bets with them anyway. So you're losing probably twice your money if they end up going down. So you're better off probably just playing the money line. And even if, you know, San Francisco pulls the upset, you mentioned it, I'm not sure they make the Rams more than about a two-point favorite with the basic history that's gone on there uh and it's not like san francisco green bay history where we're talking about games colin kaepernick played i mean it's basically been sean mcveigh and uh shanahan history the last couple years there so i i mean even i think the rams would probably be close to even money favorites in that one so you're basically better off just going money line, money line in these two games. If you think they're going to win the next two to get to the Super Bowl, then sort of taking that, uh, you know, four twenty-five, and having the difficult game this week versus you know the Bucks, and then having another difficult game. No matter who uh, comes out of there, you're better off sort of maybe splitting your money if one if they happen to lose one of those. Uh, I got a couple Super Bowl exact results. Uh, much like my Green Bay, I'm wheeling it out. Green Bay's involved in every one of these. As long as Green Bay goes to the Super Bowl, the champ is winning some money here. So we got a... Knock on wood. We got a lot riding on it. Aaron Rodgers is going to snap his leg in half on like the, the first series of the game. Don't you even say that because if it happens now, you're going to feel like you're the reason for it. I'm going to have to watch my bets go down their drain with Jordan Love, who I don't even think can throw a forward pass right now. Uh, but... You got Green Bay to beat uh, Kansas City at 11 to 1. And then you also have Kansas City to beat Green Bay at 11 to 1. Uh, you got Green Bay to 
beat Buffalo at 12 to 1, Buffalo to beat Green Bay at 16 to 1, and Green Bay to beat uh, Tennessee at 16 to 1, and Tennessee to beat Green Bay at 25 to 1. And you have really nice odds there because you you take about five of those uh, points away. Because uh, if it gets there, you're going to win one of them because you have all your bases covered if those teams get there. Uh, plus, you win your Super Bowl finalist bet as well. So, really, you're in good shape. If you, this is if you think Green Bay is sort of a lock to get to the Super Bowl. And if you look at the betting odds, it's basically almost even money at 145 to get to the Super Bowl. So, I think there's pretty good value there. Uh, definitely so. Uh, so I, I really like this Super Bowl exact result, Super Bowl finalist result. Sort of crossing off the Bengals thinking they aren't going to get to the Super Bowl and wheeling those other three teams uh, that you think uh, probably are the best shot to get there uh, with that and, and playing off that. And and you mentioned uh, the Tennessee Titans. They actually are the best value in the AFC. They are the one seed. They have two wins, both over Kansas City and Buffalo. And... Uh, you slice one of those two t- teams in half uh, that you think might actually be better than Tennessee uh, because someone between Kansas City and Buffalo is losing. So really, they just got to beat one of those teams to get to the uh, finals. So I-, I think there's a lot of value in Tennessee if you want to hop on that. Uh, granted, you know, uh, maybe you think Cincinnati's there, but if you're playing it, Cincinnati is not technically in their class uh, just yet. So I I think there's value definitely in Tennessee to play the futures, probably uh, the best one to play futures with. I do have a couple of other bets and these are basically just to get to the championship games. Um, And again, one of these I'm playing based off the fact that I think there's a chance for uh, upsets here in the NFC round. Uh, And uh, for the AFC championship game, I've got, uh, the Bills going up against the Titans here at plus 225, which, again, I mentioned if you have the Titans at plus 300 to make it to the uh, um, Super Bowl, then you've got a little bit of value there. Uh, and for the NFC, sorry, my dog's going crazy all of a sudden. Um, and for the NFC, I've got two different scenarios. I got he one scenario like which <laughs> No, he loves them. That's why he wanted to jump on me. He's like, I want to jump on those bets too. He's trying to save Um, you from clicking the uh, accept button. (laughs) It's already been accepted. So there's, there's no going back on that. He's going to have to miss out on treats this week. Uh, But for the NFC side, I've got the, which I think is the most possible scenario. I've got the Packers and the Rams going into the Super Bowl. It's on our Super Bowl, the NFC championship game at plus 220. Uh, But in case there is that upset with the, with the 49ers of your 49er fan and you want to bet on your team the 49ers versus the Rams is is plus 575 so obviously you know there's a reason why it's at plus 575 it's because it's less likely than all the other scenarios but I think that if you are a big underdog better and you feel like this is a week for underdogs at least in the NFC side of the of things then plus 575 is about the best you're going to get yeah I, I think some of those are really really nice I got a a couple of uh, sort of daily specials I, I put in my best bets, but I wrote a couple of, you know, uh, playoff specials that I, I liked overall. Uh, highest scoring game of the weekend, uh, Bengals-Titans at plus 450. I, I think this has a chance. Now, granted, you know, Bills-Chiefs pretty much locked down for that, but that's at plus 115. 
But I, I really think Rams-Bucks is going to be a pretty low-scoring game, limited possessions. Uh, same with 49ers-Packers, especially playing with that, uh, you know, sort of cold-weather type game and the way those two teams don't really rush into offense. So you're getting 450 uh basically to go head-to-head versus the Bills-Chiefs. We know this Bengals team can come with the offense, and uh, I I don't think people know, but yes, the Titans run the ball a lot, but they're all pretty good high-powered offense, so I think there's pretty good value there at plus uh, 450. Uh, Also, this is the one I I really liked, was highest-scoring game on Saturday. Uh, You got Bengals-Titans even money and 49ers-Packers at minus 120. I I think there's a lot of value there, even money. Bengals-Titans is a higher-scoring game uh, than uh, 49ers-Packers. A couple others I'm looking at. Highest-scoring AFC game. I thought there was a lot of value in this. Granted, uh, you're going up against Chiefs-Bills, but it was 640 for Bengals Titans to be, uh, you know, highest scoring game. Uh, that seems like a lot of value when you only have to beat uh, one other game and, and you never know what's going to occur there. So I thought there was pretty good value for two teams who are just as go- good as scoring, uh, highest scoring uh, team uh, on the day, plus 11 to 1 uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to score points and be in that 35 to probably maybe even 40 range. So I think 11 to 1, pretty good value there. And uh, then highest scoring team on Sunday, I thought this was really good uh, value. Bills at plus 210. If you think the Bills are going to win the game, they're going to have to outscore the Chiefs. And like I said, I think Bucks Rams will be more of a defensive contest. I don't think that's going to be a real, real high-scoring game. Uh, you know, so I, I like that uh, Bills plus two ten. You get a little bit more value there uh, than just taking the Bills straight money line. Uh, granted, you have to go up against another game, but I thought there was value there. Uh, and then to flip things over on the lowest-scoring game, uh, Rams Bucks was plus two fifty. Uh, I thought that was pretty good value because I think the Packers have a chance to score a lot of points. I think Tennessee Bengals has a be a little bit higher scoring game you think, and uh, I just cross off Buffalo and uh, you know Kansas City. I know there's going to be points scored there, so I think this Rams Buck team, two teams who are sort of got flashy weapons on offense. But both teams are based defensively, and I think people lose sort of sight of that. So I thought there was value there. And then lowest scoring team, Buccaneers at plus 700. Uh, If the Rams are going to win this game, the defense is going to have to be the one to step up there. So a lot of value at plus 700 for lowest scoring team. Uh, And then lowest scoring team on Sunday this was one of my sort of favorite ones. I put it in my best bets. Uh, Buccaneers plus 225. If you think the Rams are winning the game, the other game is uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, that's a pretty good bet there for the Bucs as the lowest scoring team. That's if you think the Rams are winning the game uh, there. So, uh, And then a couple passing yards. Joe Burrow plus 550 to be the leading passer. I thought that was decent value. Once again, if you think... Uh, they're going to get behind. He's probably going to be throwing a lot, racking up a lot of yards. If you think the Bengals are going to win, he's probably going to be throwing a lot, racking up a lot of yards. So basically, you look out for Mahomes and Allen. But I think uh, 
Then at three, you got Joe Burrow. Most receiving yards, I, I threw a couple guys down here. T. Higgins at 20 to one, I thought was pretty good value because I, I think they're going to probably. Uh, the Titans are going to single him up, so look for him to have a pretty big day. Uh, Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, both at 10 to 1 and 11 to 1, I thought was pretty good value. And then a flyer on the rushing yards. Uh, Deontay Foreman is 20 to 1 on the rushing yards. We don't know how healthy Henry is. I think if you look at all these other teams, they're basically two and three back uh, teams. Uh, the Titans are basically a one back team. So if Henry, you know, comes in, takes two carries, isn't healthy, it's probably going to Deontay Foreman and at 21, a little bit of value there. And then the other one, wild card, Josh Allen is 20 to one too. Uh, he did have 60 yards on six carries. If you look at his game versus Kansas City earlier in the year, I, I think he had like 95 yard rushing. So I thought there was a, a decent value there as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of value in those. I'm going to have to write some of these down. Uh, you'll just have to replay the show over and over and pause and start. Uh, but I, I put a couple of those in my best bets as well, the ones I, I really, really like, and I'm probably going to put money on on a handful of those as well. So uh, I guess we'll get into our best bets. Uh, I got a big list this week, uh, much bigger than last week. What do you got on the best bets? I've got two. All right, I got... That already sounds like a lot. 19 total bets oh my uh, going over the playoff weekend. <laughs> what if I told you you have, to, you have to single it down to five? Would you be able to do that? I don't think so because I got a lot in here. And uh, some of them uh, sort of uh, build into the other ones. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I go first and I'll get my two out of the way. That way you can uh, give us your 1,900 uh, best bets of the week. And uh, it gives me a chance to write some of these down. All also. right. You you give us your two for the week. Best bet. All right. So my, my best. Two. <laughs> my best bet uh, is my first one is San Francisco Green Bay game. I like the over 47 and a half. I think that both of these teams are going to uh, have the ability to score up a lot of points. Uh, the thing is, will the 49ers defense show up? Will Bosa be 100%? These are all questions that are up in the air. And because of that, obviously Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So we're not going to count him out. So I got, I got both. I got this game going over 47 and a half. And my second one is uh, no surprise. My Rams plus three. All right. So big better this week. Achilles rain, two bets. All right. You ready to do some writing? Okay, we're going to start out with the Cincinnati Bengals-Tennessee uh, Titans game. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half. I'm going to put that with the money line at plus 160. And I'm going to take the over at 47 and a half. So three bets on that game. Bengals plus three and a half. Money line plus 160. Over at 47 and a half. All right, next up, the Green Bay game. A uh, little bit of a dud here. Green Bay minus five and a half for San Francisco. <laughs> yes. All right. Next up, we got the Rams. I got the Rams plus the three. I got the Rams on the money line at plus 125. And I got the under at 48 and a half uh, on the game overall. So Rams plus three, Rams money line plus 125, under 48 and a half. All right, next up, we got a three-team money line parlay with Green Bay, the Rams, and the Bills. 
which goes at plus 545. So uh, not quite perfect odds on the three-team parlay. Probably not the greatest value, uh, but Green Bay, almost three-to-one favorites here. You put them, hope you get the two Rams and Buffalo, plus 554. Uh, Decent odds there. Then we're going to the Bills game. All right, a lot of over-unders in this one. Bills Chiefs over 53 and a half. Bills win over 59 and a half plus 425. And then adjusted over-under total. Bills Chiefs over 60 plus 170. So we got two over-unders trying to get over to the 61 with a Bills win attached to it at plus 425. So we need a shootout and a Bills win, and uh, we'll be living right on uh, our trip to Vegas here if we can hit that one. Next up, uh, I got a couple of player props in this one. I got T. Higgins over 63.5 receiving yards. I got Jimmy Garoppolo over a half interception at minus 140. I got Alan Lazard over 18 and a half yard reception at minus 115. I got Tom Brady over a half interception at minus 110. And I got your boy, Odell Beckham Jr. over a 19 and a half yard reception at minus 125. We need one big play from Odell here off a of play action. Then he's I, been I really good at that this season. Yeah. Or and, since he's been with the Rams. And then I mentioned a couple of the player, uh, the uh, playoff specials that I liked. Most passing yards, Joe Burrow at plus 550. Highest scoring game on Saturday, Bengals Titans at even money. Highest scoring team, Bengals at 11 to 1. Lowest scoring team, uh, Buccaneers at plus 700. Lowest scoring team on Sunday, Buccaneers at plus 225. Most receiving yards, Stephon Diggs at plus 11 to 1. And most rushing yards, Deontay Foreman 20 to 1, Josh Allen 20 to 1. All right. I think that's all 19 of my bets. I'm out of liquid and my voice is starting to go, uh, but we got through it. So uh, only a couple more weeks to bet on football. We got to get all we can uh, in there. But, uh, where can we find you, Achilles, before we wrap this show up? You can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles or the brand new TikTok page, That Dude Achilles. Well, definitely check out the uh, TikTok page for That Dude Achilles. That's our show. We'll be back on uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday, whichever day we choose to wrap this uh, playoff weekend up. And we're out. Thank you.